0: Well, good morning. It is so good to see you. Uh, so glad you're here. This is week two of our series, Different. Uh, this is actually a Life Church out of Oklahoma City series. Uh, fantastic. I think you're going to enjoy it. And again, this is a study of 1 uh, Peter. So if you missed last week, I'm going to catch up real quick. All right, you ready? Uh, things that are tested are more trustworthy. Things that are tested are more trustworthy. Would you agree with that statement? Disagree with me, real quick. Yes? All right. Yeah, the chair that you uh, sat in this morning, right? You're testing it right now. Some of us tested a little more than others, all right? But you have found it trustworthy, and our faith is no different. Week one, our faith is no different. Faith that is tested can be trusted. Faith that is tested can be trusted. And that was a good week. Oh, man, I needed that. You know what I'm saying? I needed that because I went to Silver Dollar City this week with three little kids, all right? There is no place that tests you more than a place like that of abundant happiness, right? You just get there and you're like, why is this place all hills? Yeah, this is all hills. It's 2-year-olds carrying me by the end of the day, right? Let's get back to the car. We got to go up another hill. All right? Hey, and I hope that you're encouraged because last week is just a taste of what is to come. This book is so good. There's so much fun that I think it, it's going to challenge us. I say fun in like a fun. This is going to be fun, like family fun. No, it really is going to be challenging. I think it's uh, it's good and today is no different. I will just say that. Today's Today's message is a little challenging. Uh, It's challenging because I think it's going to touch some nerves in the sense of uh, what sometimes we push back against in the church. Legalism, rules, uh, even having just a really stern view of morality and understanding why that sometimes pushes us away. And for some of you in here, you you may not have gone to church in a long time. You may have been here and brought it with a friend, and you're just going to hear today's message and go, sweet, bunch of rule-following crazies in here. They're different, all right? But yeah, like today's message is going to hit, I think, a little bit harder, and it's on purpose and intentional, and it's not me saying it. I'll just flat out say, and this is Peter, all right, who watched Jesus die and was raised from the grave and believed the way, the truth, the full life that was offered. And so he is trying to present to us the message 2,000 years later is the same, all right? And so as you hear this today, let's pull this out. Let's let's hear it in, in the sense of don't put our presuppositions, our pre-ideas, our pre-understandings, our, our past experiences and brokenness, our, our misinterpretations of legalism and rule following. And let's just lay that aside and let us this discussion today be something that I think brings about maybe something new, a perspective that God wants us to hold on to because it is probably different than each of us really sometimes has a full grasp of or maybe different than the negative ideas that we have in our head, so I'm going to pray, and then we will jump into First Peter chapter one, verses thirteen through seventeen. So let me pray, and then we'll do that. Let God and let the Holy Spirit let God move this morning and, and stir in our hearts. God, I just believe that you um, are doing the work, uh, Lord. I know that we uh, plant seeds, uh, we water, uh, we provide the truth, we, we present the truth, uh, we we walk, and we we choose to wisdom that you give. Lord, I know that your spirit, you are calling us, that you are at work in each of our lives. You're right where we're at, not where we hope to be, not where we want to be, but right where we're at, in our brokenness, in our hurts, uh, Lord, in our frustrations, in our fears, and our anxieties, Lord, even in our joy, you are with us. And Lord, meet us here today as we discuss this, as we walk through this book, as we walk through these few verses. Uh, declare to us how we are to walk and to live different and that you have been speaking that truth for a number of years, and that each of us, Lord, we need, we need to know the truth, that we are different, and that we've been called to live a different life. Lord, we love you. Speak to us now. as your name we pray. Amen. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13 through 17. I'll break you up just real quick as I jump into this. This is written during the time of... Of a Roman kind of just craziness, all right? Nero is an emperor at the time that is widely known as just this crazy, artistic, ridiculously nutso kind of ruler. His reputation kind of precedes himself. He burned half the city of Rome and then blamed it on the Christians, and then this mass persecution broke out all across the Roman world. And so we're reading Peter's note to, to multiple different groups of people across the Roman nation, and he's writing to a time that people are not just being told, oh, you're a Christian. He's actually writing to a group of people that are actually being killed, imprisoned, run out of their homes, and and is in real mortal danger, all right? And so that's the context to that. So last week, he just said, remember, your faith is being tested, but it can be trusted, and then we're following that up with these words right here. Verse 13, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to, uh, to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. So here's the thing, set your eyes on the future. Do not believe the distractions. Do not believe this, this current persecution, these current troubles, these current even joys are the full glimpse. Remember, set your eyes on the hope that is coming in Christ. As obedient, oh, I love this, children. Children, man, children have the best belief in those things that sometimes are beyond sight, right? They just believe it to their core, not ignorantly, but in belief that is pure, pure, right? As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in what? Ignorance. Ignorance is not bliss, people, right? Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance has a consequence. We've preached that before somewhere. That you lived in ignorance, but just as who called you is holy, So be holy in all you do. We're going to come back to that. Let's keep going. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as, there's that word we talked about last week, foreigners. You are different. That's what that means. This is not your home. You are set apart. You are not in a current place of residence. You are somewhere else. As foreigners herein. And this is a neat phrase, reverent fear, reverent fear. Who in here has met a celebrity? Anybody ever met a celebrity? Nobody wants to raise their hand right now. It's all right. You're in reverent fear. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, it met a celebrity. It's, it's the craziest thing. You'll like listen to this person's music. You'll watch them uh, play a sport. Uh, you'll, you'll even watch them even sometimes in this culture, sometimes like me, I'll, I'll watch them preach some incredible messages. Right? And, then, and then you'll meet this person, this person that you've just, oh, it's the Tom Brady. Oh, he's so right. Or, or you'll meet this artist. You'll go to the concert, you'll get the backstage. And have you ever watched somebody meet somebody that they just never thought they would? Isn't it the most emotionally compromised a person could possibly be? Like, even a dude meets another dude that he's like, really, like, woo, yeah. And then he gets up to him, he's like, hey, hey, man. hey hey man, hey man, sup, uh. <laughs> like no, no words, right, like, there's just like this, oh, hearts just pounding out your chest, right, now how much more is it when you meet somebody who, you know, created the universe, made the world, never made it, never had a bad day, all right, let's just talk about that for a second, never had a bad day. much much more unworthy could you possibly feel? There's a reverence that creeps in, isn't there? I'm setting this phrase up for you. There's a reverence that creeps up in there. You meet something that you're like, wow, I could only hope. I could only hope that one day I could achieve something like you. I could only hope that one day I could be something like you. I can only hope. That's reverence not saying that's healthy reverence all the time. I'll just flat out tell you, some of y'all need to pick somebody better, right? Just need pick somebody better, right? Some of y'all had those boo-boo moments or other celebrities that snuck into your life, and I'm like, yeah, pick somebody better. Need some better reverence in your life. But what about that word fear? Just want to camp on that for a second, because fear to me sounds scary. Fear to me sounds like, like you're like, ooh, I don't know if I want to fear God, right? I, I think I want a God that I kind of like Don't fear. Like, just be truthful. I know a lot of you, if you grew up in the church, like, you know that 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 word has a little different context, so you're running ahead. But come back to it. Because when you you hear that reverence fear, I want you to hear, like, that, like, is God supposed to be scary? Like, I got a six-year-old that's telling me there's monsters in the closet. If I tell him God is everywhere, and he's like, God's everywhere? That kind of creeps him out. It's like, right now? Right here? Yeah. I don't know if I like that. told this before, but I think it's important to remind yourself when you see these words where the Bible is calling you to fear God. Fear the Lord is all wisdom is what Proverbs says. That's the beginning of all wisdom. That is, a, that is a conceptual idea of understanding the dynamic and giant difference between who you are speaking with and who you are interacting with and who you are. It is the equivalent to the tenth power of a masculine bodybuilder holding an hour-year-old hour infant. All right? just, like, just think of the smallest human being in its most fragile state and the strongest person on the planet, and he's holding this thing. And that child has no idea how easy it would be to just... Right? Some of you are like, don't put that image in my head. I'm just saying reverent fear that we are we are held and maintained and brought into being by something that is so much bigger stronger and more perfect that must place that inside of us not to camp on this too long because i don't have time but i'll just tell you in genesis if you want to go back and read it there was one thing that we did to start this whole problem And it was putting ourselves on equal terms. Fear was lost. And we thought ourselves equal. So the truth is, if I'm going to be completely honest, you and I are different from God. (laughs) But we are the same. We are made in the image of our Father, but we know we are called to a new standard. So here's what I want you to think about this. You are different than this world. You are not made in the image of the desires sometimes that plague your life, the things that sometimes promise what only God that created you can give. You are set apart from that. You are not in a place that you can find full satisfaction here. I promise you, you eat a steak, it's the best steak of your life. You're still going to put it somewhere else later, you know what I'm saying, and have to eat another one. There's nothing in this world that fully satisfies. You are different. But you are not perfect, are you? Like he is perfect. You and I struggle to just maintain our own expectations. I've told you this before. You have your own expectations for your life that no one probably has ever made you agree to. You've just decided that's what you're And you can't even keep those up. You can't even keep your own expectations for your life. You're not perfect. You're not. But you're different. There's something going on that is different. So I want to camp out on this idea, and it's found in just the center of these verses. And I'm going to use just this little part to pull it out, 14 through 16. Here's what he says. Remind. I want to remind you of this section: As obedient children, do not conform to those evil desires. You are different. But when you, when you were lived in ignorance, you now are not ignorant anymore. You have been exposed to there is a greater way to live. There is a new calling in Christ, a full life that has been uh, provided and welcomed into. But just as he who called you is holy. There's another one of those scary words. Holy. So be holy in all you do. You are different and you're called to do something different. You are called to be holy, for it is written, because I am holy. Man, that holy word is full, is it not? You know the term we say all the time, holier than thou? You guys ever use that one? I'm not trying to get all holier than thou, you know? You ever said that to somebody? Not trying to pretend like I'm better than you. Not trying to pretend like I'm any better than you. I'm not holier than thou. It's not too far off, but here's the definition of holy. I want you to just see it. It's hagios is the Greek word. I, I, t- I told you last week I, I threw the Greek word out, but I, t- I left it in here this week. All right, just so you would have to hear me say hagios. All right, it's like hacking up a loogie. All right. It's holy, set apart. Oh, there's our, there's our word again. It's different and pure. You are called to be set apart. You are called to be different than this world. You are called to fight for purity in this world. That is who you are. You're called to be holy. Different translation, different translation kind of shows you this. NLT says this in first, first Peter chapter 1, verse 14. That first verse that we read, this is what it says in the NLT. This is kind of cool. So you must live as God's obedient children. Learning this new way to live. Think about a child that comes into the world, has no idea. You are being born again into a new understanding. You are set apart. You are different. This is not your home. You are going to another place. There is another life, a fuller life waiting for you. To live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires or to satisfy your old desires. You didn't know any better then. You didn't know any better then. There's a major temptation in the Christian walk that I think if you hear nothing else I say, hear this next statement I say, and just let it sink into your brain because I think it's so challenging to me because of the American dream, the culture we've grown up with, the, the teachers and the people that have meant that have meant great things and have not sent it, with hopes of steering us wrong or to challenge. I'm not trying to challenge that those mentors or people or even our society as as Americans is broken. I'm just telling you that if it's the thing at the center of our lives, the concept that it's speaking sometimes is so far from what the Christian walk is all about. This is what the statement is, and I'm telling you. No, 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 go to the statement first. Don't go to the questions yet. We haven't had the statement. God's highest calling for you is not your happiness. It's your holiness. God's God's highest calling for you, it's not your happiness. It's your holiness. And I know for some of you, you're like, "Well, poo-poo on that. I don't want to do that. No way. Because my, my brain, when I see a statement like that, I'll just my brain goes, so I have to be holy, not happy? That's what my brain does. And I'm like, well, I'm out. I want to be happy. And that's when I go, oh, what is that in me? What is that in me that thinks that holiness isn't worth it? What is it in me that thinks that holiness is going to keep me from something that happiness offers? That holiness isn't worth it? What is it in me that I have at the center of my life that goes, no, I'm not in for that. That's too much. That's too hard. That's too far. I don't want to be different in that way. I want you to sit on this for a second, because here's the truth. This can be disguised a whole lot of ways, guys. Uh, it can be disguised in, in trying to help other people by providing happiness for them and calling it a calling. Yeah, it can be disguised by you uh, saying, it's good for my soul to be happy. This is a proverb, and that's awesome, right? It's good for, yeah, cool, awesome. Uh, the problem when you start really trying to manipulate that statement and to turn it around and say, no, happiness leads to my holiness, and you try to pretend that, what you're elevating and saying is the will of God can never look uncomfortable, taxing, frustrating, or in a direction that's not mine. That's that's basically what you're starting to say. If, if you demand happiness to lead you to holiness, you're basically saying the will of God has to be comfortable has to be fun, has to be full of money, possessions, my own blessings. When you declare that, you you place it as an idol above the thing that is worth more, above the thing that has declared you set apart from these things. Even from the own desires of your own heart, you're set apart. That's a dangerous place to be. So here's a few questions, just for you to think through this. First one is this. What are three areas I struggle most to try to fit in? Because comparison is where this really sneaks in, right? If you're called to live different, to be holy, if you're called to set yourself apart, if you're called to have a higher standard that God is speaking into your life and telling you, this is a place you need to set the line. Everybody else is living together, but we are not going to choose to live together. We are going to choose to set the line at a different place. We may not completely understand it. We don't know why it matters, but we just choose to wait. We know we know that it's not necessarily wrong, but we're going to wait in our own minds. We can't see it our justification, but God sits on high and goes, no, you are different. There is greater things at risk. Purity brings clarity. You're making one of the largest decisions in your life. I want to bring purity into the relationship so that clarity can abound. You're set apart. You're different. We make financial decisions based on our own desires and selfishness and declare to ourselves that we deserve it. To declare ourselves that we must have it that it must be ours. We make friendship decisions, pull away from people that are difficult, find ways to draw boundaries around ourselves and declare it easy, simple. What are some areas in your life? Is it pornography? Is it your finances? it even just uh your dating relationships your netflix account no man now i'm hitting home don't talk about that what is it what is this area that you just try to pretend like nah don't go there next question just for, for reflection as you're thinking about this idea that you are different that you are holy You've been called to a holier standard and God is more concerned with your holiness than your happiness? What is a time that I put my happiness above God's calling for holiness. Think back. Think back to a time that, and you've not even been walking with God for very long and you've had these moments. You didn't know much about the Bible. You haven't been in church very much, but you you felt God leading you to make this decision and you chose what felt good in the moment, what felt right in your own mind, in your own heart. Whether in ignorance or whether in flat-out rebellion, you chose your happiness over something that has been set apart for you that purity could only give. How about this one? What are some of the biggest ways that I'm different from the world? Oh, man, if you can't think of a few of these, careful. How are you different? Where do you draw the lines in your life? Now, remember, this isn't a weaponized agent for change, right? This isn't something you get to turn around and go, I've got three different merit badges on my chest today. Look at how different I am. No. This is you just asking the simple question, if Jesus is calling you to be different as a follower of him, do you look different? (laughs) Do you have some choices and decisions that you've made? you the family that has a meal every Tuesday night. It is family dinner. I don't care if it happens at 830 after practices or if it happens at 630 in the morning before everybody leaves we're finding a way to have a meal together. We will be different, all right? Maybe you're a couple that has a budget meeting once a week, or once a month and just declares that we are actually going to talk about our finances more than are we good? Yes. Sweet. Good. And you let the one that has the brains do all the work, and you let the one that just wants to be the free will spender, you just put them in chains, right? This is a working relationship. <laughs> Maybe you just sit down once a month, and you just you just say, hey, this is how we're going to be different. We're going to make intentional financial decisions once a month. And we're going to after the bank account goes to zero, but before? Are you crazy? What if you just had a Devo with your spouse? What if you just just chose to interact and have coffee intentionally with no distractions and you let the Spirit have a chance to be a part of your relationship? Even more than Netflix. No, the mic about blew off. (laughs) Crazy. What if you're single in here and you are desiring to better and move forward in your life and you say, the only way I'm probably going to learn and grow is if I stop hanging out with people in the same place that I am in life that are asking the same questions and I actually step out of my comfort zone And I ask somebody that I see is doing well and is ahead of me. And I ask to go to coffee with them on regular basis, And I ask them to be honest with me about where I'm really at. And then I listen. And I don't care if you're 35 or 15 or 85. That is a lifelong thing. That each stage that you're moving towards, if you can find somebody, that seems to at least have a grasp on what's coming up. You just choose to be different in that way. You move out. And for most of us in here, I know I'm camping on this because this is the message right here. A daily devotional, and I'm just going to get on my, right here, all right? I, can I just, I stink at daily devotionals. I'm terrible at them. I'm just terrible The Bible ends up looking like a textbook most of the time to me when I pick it up. went to school for it. I'm supposed to have a job in it. It just sometimes just frustrates me. I don't go there and go, oh, peace. I go there and go work if I'm not careful. And you may not see it as work, but you may see it as difficult or frustrating or confusing or a waste of time. But I just hear me when I say this, be different enough to at least open it and not have assumptions about what it's saying or what some politician or person has put on their Facebook page about it. But truthfully, you are looking at it and you have your own eyes in the word of God. Not because you believe everything in there all the time. I'll just flat out tell you that. When you open your Bible, there's no, there's no contract to say you believe everything in here every time you open it. No, that's called faith, people. Every time I open it, it's an act of faith. Every time I read something in there, it's God guiding and working in my heart. I'm not saying that I don't have days of confidence, but I also have days of struggle. That I open it up and I go, could this be true? Ah, if it's true, that's going to change a lot. And I don't really like that. could we be a group of people that we think it's worth fighting for holiness and seeing that living different is worth the struggle it's worth the work that's what we're called to the last one is this what is the area that god wants me to be different now you need to have an answer to this question because God never stops challenging you. Listen, growing people change. Growing people change. When you see a tree in the middle of a field and it's got no leaves and nothing going on it, nobody looks at it and goes, "Man, that tree's standing strong." No, they look at it and goes, "When is it going to fall?" Growing people change. Refresh your leaves, people. Dig your roots in deeper, people. Start somewhere. Take a step. Growing people change. This never stops. Never stops. How is God calling you to be different? How is God calling you to be different? To be set apart. To be holy find purity. The continuation of the verses we started with, 13 through 17, it goes into 18 through 21, and this is pretty cool. Basically lays out the whole idea of what we've been talking through. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you have been redeemed from the empty way of life. Oh, man, if you just want to just slap something up to just study for a little bit, just look at that. You were not paid for with the most valuable things of this planet. You were paid for with something of greater value. You were paid for with something that this world could never touch in value. Because you're different. And it redeemed you from what? Look at those words. An empty way of life. And it provided John 10.10 a full life. Handed down to you from your ancestors. So powerful that God has been worked from the beginning. This whole plan has been to redeem us. But with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, a lamb, what? Without blemish or defect. Not just the okay gift, but the perfect gift. Not just the gift that would get us by, but the gift that would give us abundance. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in the last times for your sake. At your last moments, at your last desperate attempts, when we could go no further, God says, I can. When you've reached the end, that's when God begins. He's enough. Your brokenness is his perfect opportunity to reveal his fullness. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are where? In God. And if God says, I am holy and you are holy, and I am not just declaring it on high and telling you to step it up, I have come down and proven to you that you are different, that you are worth way more than everything on this planet. And I want you to walk in it. Your faith should be trusting that the gift proves who you are and what you are worth. You are something different than all the gold and silver, all the precious things that this planet offers. Here's the verse, or here's the the statement, I should say, that kind of ties this all together. Living holy isn't the path to know Christ. That's what sometimes we fell in that lie growing up in the church. We fell into that lie. I fell into that lie at time to time, performance. Living holy isn't the path to knowing Christ. Knowing Christ, to know Christ, is the path to living holy. He pulls you from the grave. Pulls you out of your brokenness. Pulls you out of your dissatisfaction. Pulls you out of your wreckage. And he places you in full life. And then he says, you are different. You are holy. You are set apart. Live with the declaration of the love I have shown you. Live in the belief that I know who you really are. You are not what this world declares. You are not your shortcomings. Live in reverent fear that God believes in you that much and that you are enough. And out of that, out of that, it gives us the strength, the courage, the hope to live different lives, to take steps in that fear, the beautiful fear. It captures our heart to believe there's something larger at play. There's something different going on. How are you called to be different? What has God called you to do? What has God called you to change? Not to get to know him better, but because he knows you better than you know yourself he's declaring it over you and he will not let you settle for the empty life that this world offers but wants to give you full life instead it's a different way to live it's a different set of values be holy as i am holy calls christ let's do that as a church let's just do that can we do it I'll try, you try, let's do this together. I'm going to end with a parenting story and I'm done. I know it's like, I got like 30 seconds. Deuteronomy chapter six, parents says this, impress on your children the way that they should grow and live. Teach them as you walk along the streets, teach them as you go to the marketplaces, teach them as you sit at the dinner table. The word in there is impress. Parents in here, I know and that's why I take a pause and I just say this, look, there is one way that I can guarantee you will be an incredible parent. It is to set yourself apart. It is to declare yourself holy in God's eyes because he has called you holy and to walk in that way. And when you do that, you will give your children the best gift you can possibly do. You will be holy and you will impress that on them. Not moral, not a law keeper. You will set yourself apart by listening to what God has called you to do and you will impress that on your kids. And it won't be about always having the right words and it won't be about always knowing exactly what to do. It will be about you over time maintaining and keeping that pursuit up. And it will impress on them. That's not a guarantee, but it's a dang good plan that they'll have to rebel hard against to get those things off of them because it'll be impressed in them their whole lives. God is at work in your life, and it has more to do with the legacy of love than you think. Parents, let's start there. That was just me throwing that in there because I meant to say it earlier, but I had to say it because I know you needed to hear it. Let's be holy as God is holy. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, You are awesome, and you are incredible, and I thank you so much for messages like this, because they speak to my heart deeply. Um, I have such a natural rebellion against rules and regulations, a natural thing that I just want to go, no, I don't want any part of that. That sounds too strict. That sounds too, too judgmental. That sounds too harsh. But God, you have declared this. You have spoken this, that you are holy and we should be reverent in our fear against who you are versus who we are. We are set apart and different, but we are not perfect like you. You are calling us to a different way to live. You are calling us to live in that salvation and hope that you have provided to trust that our worth and our value is different. It's, it's new, it's fresh, it's full, and we should choose to live out our identity in you. Or continue to work Continue to reveal this to us in deep ways. May we take steps. It's your name we pray.